I'm Hannah Trump, and this is the Hypocritical Podcast. Over 23 million Americans have had their protected health information, or PHI, breached in 2020. Data breaches are costly, scary, and frustrating for patients, but breached organizations pay a price too. HIPAA-related fines, reputational hits, and potential loss of revenue are only a few ways breach data affects organizations. With more than 500 reported HIPAA breaches in the last year, why are healthcare organizations slow to update their cybersecurity protocols and technology stacks? Is it possible for the healthcare industry to get ahead of bad actors? Today, Sierra Langston speaks with Jared Vinson, Director of Cybersecurity at Hill Country Tech Guys, on all things healthcare security, including phishing scams, best practices, and the aftermath of a HIPAA breach. Jared, can you please provide some background on the Hill Country Tech Guys, who you guys are and who you serve would be great. Sure. So Hill Country Tech Guys uh, was founded as a Medical Computing Solutions in 2006 by Witt Eric. Uh, he is our current CEO. We are a managed service provider and managed security uh, provider uh, providing IT and cybersecurity services for uh, organizations throughout Texas. Um, our primary verticals are he- healthcare and finance. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit about us. So. Can you provide some additional background on yourself and your focus specifically? I'm the director of cybersecurity. I've been with Hill Country for about uh, seven years or so. I'm part of our leadership team. My background is in IT and IT security. I've got uh, three uh, college degrees, my master's, my MBA is a cybersecurity focus as well. A little bit about what I do on a day-to-day basis. So I've helped kind of build and develop our cybersecurity program offering. And I also uh, walk alongside clients side-by-side and, you know, their security journeys, uh, compliance, implementing policies, procedures, you name it. That is a, a lot of, of what I do on a day-to-day basis. So. And can you give us some examples of phishing scams that you've um, been seeing any, and any advice on how to avoid being a, a victim to these scams? Um, and it's a big question. So the phishing, phishing attacks, phishing scams, they've been around for you know a long time. Um, we have seen an uptick, I wouldn't even, even say in the last few years, uh, specifically over last year, um, to where you know I'm seeing these cases, these attacks, ideally they're not successful, but some of them are, you know, almost on a daily basis. Um, and they're getting more and more sophisticated. They're doing the reconnaissance, they're doing their, uh, their due diligence, I guess you could say, and um, you know, researching their targets. So, but anyway, uh, some ta- attacks I've just seen lately, we had an organization reach out to us um, trying to figure out, you know, how, where they had a, um, an incident and trying to figure out where it started from, right? So um, typically what, what we'll do is we'll go in and do a fr- forensic analysis and kind of check things out. Um, but this organization had essentially what it, what it boiled down to is um, at some point in 2020, they received a phishing email. So a phishing email came through a high level uh, individual was targeted. Um, they took them to a page to I think change their Office 365 password or something like that. So they you know were in a hurry. It was like a payroll day or something like that, which is pretty common when people click on things. They're typically in a hurry and just need to slow down a little bit. Um, but she and they entered their credentials, and at that point, it took them to a broken link. So you know, in their mind, they just thought, okay, the website's down. You know, let me get back to what I've got to do. You know, I've got a deadline. So, but really what was happening on the back end of that is as soon as, and this is very, very common, I've seen it frequently, um, is those credentials got sent to wherever, right? Wherever in the world, uh, wherever the attack originated from or or whatnot. 
Um, and at that point, the attacker uh, went in this specific uh, organization, had um, Office 365 with Webmail, which is very common for most mm -hmm. organizations, right? So they were able to log in and essentially start doing some reconnaissance in this person's email. They're looking at you know communication going back and forth. Um, they were looking at vendors they work uh, that the organization worked with, and mm -hmm. and at some point they picked their attack at that point. So they found a vendor specifically that this organization did a lot of business with. Um, they found an invoice. Um, they downloaded that invoice, uh, altered the payment information on the invoice of where money would be sent to. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. And then they went out at that point and um, registered a domain that was very similar to this vendor. Um, and, you know, it was maybe just a little bit off. And they created an email address. And then the attacker started sending invoices to the organization, to the finance person, which they received a lot of invoices just, you know, from our experience. This wasn't a client of ours, but it's like I said, it's someone that reached out to us. So anyway, at that point, they started paying and they didn't oh stop for about five months. Yeah. So about a quarter million dollars later, somehow they, they you know, they pieced it, they, the, the two connected, right? And they, they saw what was happening. And so, yeah, that's just a very, that's a, I guess, a high level example of, and a very expensive example of, you know, what some of the type of stuff we're seeing. So Yeah, no, that's um, extremely complicated and something that I personally would never thought would have happened. So I'm so glad you brought that example in that specific case study. Um, I'm going to, you know, for sure, let our finance person know, as uh, as I'm sure some of our listeners will, about um, some of the scams. Finance is huge. That department I know is being targeted. Our finance director has been targeted on the same day that I was targeted, um, impersonating our CEO asking for items. So yeah, that was great. And can you tell our listeners how and why you were brought in after a HIPAA breach to help your clients? Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's different scenarios, right? And even if you take HIPAA out of it, um, just think of um, an incident or a breach um, or something. I mean, even just what I just you know kind of went over with that phishing attack. It started with a phishing attack, but it ended with you know a whole whole mess of other things. But we've we've been brought in before and um, asked to give advice and guidance on on a variety of situations. Um, something uh, just recently uh, involving ransomware. Um, where a, a large organization um, was targeted. And it also started through phishing email, uh, very similar kind of, you know, how it works, right? But at this point, they they were able to successfully exploit a, a user, a workstation, um, and they moved across a network laterally to be able to eventually install ransomware, um, which ransomware encrypts everything. Um, and basically they ransom your data, right? So mm -hmm. this, this was a big, a big one. And um, what happened in this case is they not only encrypted everything, but the backups were misconfigured and, and, you know, backups are huge. Backups are, are king, right? Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to this type of attack and, and whatnot, when you have to roll back and you have to go, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, the, the backups were misconfigured and they were able to get in the backups and, and destroy the backups. So at that point, they're, you know, down for, you know, days, weeks, and uh, there's not a lot they can do, you know, at yeah. the end of the day in that type of scenario. So cost is associated with some of these breaches and the one that you talked about specifically? I mean, you, I, I can't tie numbers directly to, to that, but I mean, you, it's, you'd be surprised, you know, you, depending on the size of breach, the amount of data, the of data records and whatnot that was exposed, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions, you know, there's, it's, 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 it's really crazy, but um, 
but yeah, and then depending on the type of the industry and whatnot, I know we're talking medical. So if you're looking at patient records and information that was exposed, it can go from thousands to millions. So. And how does email encryption and email encryption for your clients factor into your overall approach to HIPAA compliance and IT security? From a, an email encryption standpoint, I mean, it's so uh, one thing that I, we've done at Hill Country is within our, our security department and team is we we approach security at a layered approach, right? So if you think of a pyramid and the different layers that go into security, you have, you know, your basics, right? Your, your foundation, which I would consider your backups, your firewall, your email encryption, you know, um, those, that kind of foundation of, you know, your antivirus, your, the, the list goes on. Um, but that is all really just your foundation because at the end of the day, um, when you're sending encrypted email, um, it's going to prevent things like uh, what they call a man in the middle attack, where think of it as, you know, I'm sending you a message from, you know, here down the street. And um, in the middle, there's there's someone that intercepts that message, right, and can read it and then can change information and kind of be in that middle point and go back and forth. So when you're encrypting things, yeah, that's that's a big one. So. All right, great. And what information technology and cybersecurity infrastructure best practices or advice do you have for our healthcare listeners? Let's start what I always say when I, I go into organizations is um, let's go back to the basics. Let's pull out, you know, and, and you'd be surprised. Let's pull out your policies. Let's pull out your procedures. Let's start there. And then let's also evaluate, obviously, your infrastructure and um, see how much, uh, much of it maps back and how much of it's accurate. How much has it been reviewed, you know, in the last five years? Is, you know, is it, is it ideally it's, you know, you're reviewing that stuff annually. Um, and, and just making sure everything maps out, you know, um, you know, security assessments, vulnerability management, I could go on and on, you know, talking about the different things that the recommendation standpoint, but really at the, at the big, uh, you know, go back to the, your foundation, well, are your basics covered and then go on from there, conduct a risk assessment that's huge is required right. by HIPAA. You know, it's a no-brainer, right? And then what are you doing with that risk assessment? Are you conducting it just because it's a compliance requirement and then it goes in the closet? Or do you have a plan to, you know, mitigate the risk and and move on from there? So, how do you keep up with the industry trends and best practices? Are there any podcasts you listen to, or any books you've been reading, or? Um... Yeah, um, yeah. Being in in the security field, it's it's you know, IT changes pretty rapidly. Technology does in general. Um, being in security and cybersecurity, it's even more. You know, it, it, things change at even a faster pace, um, and just being able to keep up with that sometimes can can present a challenge. But you know, being um, members of organizations, um, there's a number of different ones. Um, you know, there's ISACA, there's ISSA. Those are all information security organizations. Getting, mm-hmm. you know, keeping keeping um, keeping in touch with those. They have membership meetings before COVID. They used to be in person and whatnot. Um, of course, it's a continuing uh, continuing education is key. You know, getting certifications, CISSP. Um, I've done a, a, a variety of that as well as continuing, you know, my educa- education um, with going back to school, right? Getting, you know, several degrees and stuff. That's, you know, one thing that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, keeping up with it, following podcasts, following, you know, various uh, security sites, being on the list that you receive, you know, when a, a, a vulnerability comes out uh, three weeks ago, um, Early March, right? There's this huge exchange Microsoft email vulnerability that come that came out that that uh, was a zero day vulnerability that affect, affected all Exchange servers, right? And there was a huge there's thousands of of cases where um, they had already been attacked. But without going too much into that, you know, you get notified from being members of 
um, you know, intelligence feeds and stuff like that, where you're getting those type of notifications. So. And that concludes um, the questions that for the podcast. So I really appreciate you being on today. Sure. Thank you for having me. To read the 2020 HIPAA Breach Report or to find resources to help your organization build its cybersecurity stack, visit pawbox.com slash blog. Do you understand the evolving threat landscape in healthcare or how to mitigate endpoint risk within your organization? Register for our June 2nd webinar to hear Tony Useda-Velez and Travis Taylor discuss these topics with moderator Patty Padmanabhan. If you'd like to attend this free webinar, please email me at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at pawbox.com or head to pawbox.com slash webinars. Save the date. Our fourth annual cybersecurity and innovation conference, Pawbox Secure, is back in person this year. Join us in Las Vegas on September 29th and 30th. This two-day conference aims to foster meaningful conversations around the challenges and opportunities in the healthcare industry. Attendees and speakers will have ample time to network and learn from each other. For more information about Pawbox Secure, head to pawboxsecure.com. Don't forget, you can listen to every single episode of the Hypocritical Podcast on pawbox.com, or you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hypocritical Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Trum, signing off.